What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actress Aubrey Plaza and the movie Bullet Train. First, let's talk about Aubrey Plaza. The first time I saw Plaza was in Judd Apatow's Funny People with Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler, in which she plays Rogen's love interest, and with very little screen time, she made an impact on me. I was thinking to myself, who is that person? Very quickly after that, I saw her in the NBC sitcom Parks and Recreation which ran from 2009 to 2015 with Amy Poehler, Chris Pratt, Nick Offerman, Aziz Ansari, Rashida Jones, Adam Scott, Don Amigo, Jim O'Hare, and Rob Lowe. On the show, Plaza plays April Lungate who starts out as an unmotivated intern at the Parks and Rec Department for the small town of Pawnee, Indiana. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I thought the best part of the show was the relationship between Plaza's April and Andy played by Chris Pratt. The two have undeniable chemistry and are two of the funniest people on the show. Usually I find sitcom romances like Ross and Rachel on Friends or Ted and Robin on How I Met Your Mother to be boring and unfunny. But with April and Andy, it was neither. It was hysterical. The relationship itself was funny like Penny and Leonard on The Big Bang Theory. That's not a funny relationship. Yes, the show was built around will they, won't they, but Parks and Recreation wasn't that. This happened naturally. It's why I really enjoyed the April-Andy relationship on Parks and Rec. For me, it's up there with Jim and Pam from The Office and Sam and Diane from Cheers as one of the best sitcom romances of all time. Plaza's film career is filled with movies that were either underseen at the time of their release or indies that include 2012's Safety Not Guaranteed with Mark Duplass and Jake Johnson, 2013's The To-Do List with Bill Hader, 2014's Life After Beth with Dane DeHaan and John C. Riley, 2017's The Little Hours with Dave Franco and Allison Brie, and 2020's Black Bear with Christopher Abbott. What you can deduce from watching these movies is Plaza has zero interest in playing conventional roles like the girlfriend or wife of the main character. She is willing to take risk on screen and make bold choices. Just watch 2016's Dirty Grandpa, where she is playing someone who is into an older Robert De Niro. She played the role for laughs, and it's mostly effective. After Parks and Rec ended, Plaza joined another show, this time the FX series Legion with Dan Stevens from Noah Hawley. The show is an adaptation of the comic book character who is the son of Professor X. In it, Plaza is the villain and is brilliant and puts on an acting clinic. The first season in particular is mind-blowing. There's a scene where Plaza sings that is super chilling. That's the show I look at and say that is who Aubrey Plaza is as an actress. She's undescribable. She's not doing something normal. She's doing everything she can to not be boring or give you something you've already seen before. She's original. A lot of actresses with Plaza's career path would probably wait to be the sixth Avenger before they join Marvel. Instead, she's the villain in this underseen weird sci-fi show that wasn't made for everybody. My favorite performance from Aubrey Plaza is as April on Parks and Recreation. I love how she balances the cynical nature of the character with the personal growth the character goes through. Sometime at the end of these long-running sitcoms, characters change for the worse. Like at the end of The Big Bang Theory, I thought they got too sentimental with the Sheldon character, where he wasn't the Sheldon Cooper that he was at the beginning of the 
show he was too different. Plaza was consistent to the very end. It's one of the biggest crimes she was never nominated for a Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Emmy. That is one aspect of Plaza's career I'm fascinated by. She has never been a major contender at award shows. She's never been nominated for an Emmy or an Oscar. Now, truthfully, I don't think she's given an Oscar-worthy performance, but she should have won an Emmy for both Parks and Rec and Legion. These are two of my favorite television performances. The most underrated performance of her career is in the 2020 holiday comedy Happiest Season with Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. In the movie, Plaza is playing the ex of Davis's character and has great chemistry with Kristen Stewart. To give a scene-stealing performance like that is super impressive, and many people wanted Plaza's character to end up with Stewart. I do think that that's the best use of her in a movie. Like, I think she is better suited to be a supporting actress in a movie than to be the lead of a movie. Like, I look at a movie like Happiest Season, and it needs a little bit of Aubrey Plaza, but she doesn't need to be in the whole film. Like, the movie doesn't need to be centered around her. I also recently rewatched Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, and she's magnificent in that film. In just a small part, she's just being annoying and cruel to Michael Sarah's character. Like, that movie doesn't need her to be the lead. I do wonder if Aubrey Plaza is going to be someone who is going to be a legitimate leading actress. Like, I like her in leads. I like the movie Black Bear, but I don't think that her best work in film has been as a leading actress. And you could say the exact same thing about her television work. She's not the lead of Parks and Recreation. She's a main character, but she's not the lead, and she's not the lead of Legion. I think a little Aubrey Plaza goes a long way. Plaza currently has two movies out right now, Emily the Criminal and Spin Me Round, and her future projects include season two of the hit HBO show The White Lotus with Haley Lou Richardson, Theo James, Michael Imperoli, and F. Murray Abraham. The FX sitcom Little Demon with Danny and Lucy DeVito, and she's in the new Guy Ritchie movie with Jason Statham and Hugh Grant. I'm excited to see her in an action-packed movie, and I also think Aubrey Plaza might really fit Guy Ritchie's tone. I believe out of the stuff I just mentioned, people are probably most excited to see her in season two of The White Lotus, because every actress from that season one got nominated for an Emmy. This could be the project that gets Aubrey Plaza an Emmy nomination or an Emmy win. I loved season one of that show and can't wait to see Aubrey Plaza in season two. For as big as Aubrey Plaza is right now, I do think there's a small chance she is going to grow in stature. Like, I think White Lotus season two. I even think the Guy Ritchie movie. Like, I think she could become someone who I think of as a leading actress in a movie or an Emmy winning. Like, she could become a major awards contender in the years to come. Like, right now, she is super popular, but I don't think she's hit the zeitgeist in that way that's made her uber famous yet. For instance, I think if I asked all of you to name your top 10 actresses working today, I don't think the name Aubrey Plaza would come up, but I think there's a chance that in the next 10 to 15 years, she's going to become an obvious member of that list. I think there's so much potential because she's made it so that she can be in just about anything. She makes the surprising choices, and most of the time, I think it pays off. The best of Aubrey Plaza is yet to come, and that's exciting. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Bullet Train 
morning. Here's a quick synopsis. An overt assassin with the alias Ladybug is given a mission to steal a briefcase on a train from Tokyo to Kyoto. What he doesn't know is there are other assassins on board. The film stars Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Joey King, Zazie Betts, Michael Shannon, Benito A. Martinez, a.k.a. Bad Bunny, Andrew Koji, Logan Lerman, and Sandra Bullock. Standout performances. So far, 2022 is turning into the year of funny Brad Pitt. First in The Lost City, he played Jack, a trainer who is far more fit to save Sandra Bullock's character than Channing Tatum's. And in Bullet Train, he's playing Ladybug, an assassin who would rather be your friend than kill you. What's cool about Pitt being in Bullet Train is it's directed by his former stunt double, David Leach, who was Pitt's double in 1999's Fight Club, 2001's Ocean's Eleven, 2004's Troy, and 2005's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. If you like funny Brad Pitt, I recommend you see these movies. 1993's True Romance, where he plays a stoner. 2000's Snatch, where he plays a bare-knuckle boxer you can barely understand. 2001's The Mexican, where he plays a bagman pulling off one last job. 2008's Burn After Reading, where he plays a dim-witted gym trainer who thinks he has the upper hand on a former CIA analyst. And 2015's The Big Short, where Pitt plays a a paranoid stock trader. Aaron Taylor Johnson is best known for his intense performances in Nowhere Boy, where he plays a young John Lennon, and Tom Ford's Nocturnal Animals, where he played a killer. Bullet Train is a reminder he can let loose and have fun on screen. It's reminiscent of the thing that made him famous, kick-ass. In my opinion, Taylor Johnson gave the best performance in Bullet Train. He is the reason it's an above-average action film. The most surprising performance in Bullet Train comes from actress Joey King who I was a fan of after seeing her in the Disney film Oz the Great and Powerful. She's become well known for starring in the Kissing Booth films which are fine for what they are. She is one of the best things about Bullet Train. Her character is delightfully sinister. And finally, Brian Tyree Henry best known for playing Paperboy in Atlanta has an incredible British accent in Bullet Train. Him and Taylor Johnson are a fan fantastic duo and I love his character's Lemon's obsession with the children's show Thomas the Tank Engine. Brad Pitt will next star in Damien Chazelle's Babylon about the ending of the silent movie era along with Margot Robbie and Tobey Maguire, a movie about Formula One driving directed by Top Gun Maverick director Joseph Kaczynski, and the latest film from Spider-Man No Way Home director John Watts, which will see Pitt reunite with George Clooney. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Craven the Hunter with Ariana DeBose and Russell Crowe, directed by J.C. Chandor, and Brian Tyree Henry in the fourth and final season of Atlanta. Brad Pitt has recently stated during an interview that he is on the last legs of his acting career. The 58-year-old, in my opinion, is on the best run of his career, and before his career is all said and done, I would not be surprised if he adds another gold statue to his resume. I'm especially super excited to see him in Babylon. Damien Chazelle has not missed. His three big movies so far have been Whiplash, which is brilliant, La La Land, my favorite musical of all time, and the underrated First Man. It will also be great to see Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie share the screen after both being in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood but not really having any scenes together. David Leach's first two directorial efforts were 2014's John Wick, where he was co-director starring Q 
Keanu Reeves, and 2017's Atomic Blonde, starring Charlize Theron. Those movies had a hint of humor. Mostly, though, they are dramatic action movies. His last few films, 2018's Deadpool 2, starring Ryan Reynolds, Zazie Betts, and Josh Brolin, 2019's Hobbs and Shaw, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham, and now Bullet Train, have all been action movies with a heavy dose of comedy. And that's both a good and a bad thing. Good in that these free films have been really funny. Bad in that action comedies can get old at some point. And I personally don't think that any of these last free movies have reached the heights of John Wick or Atomic Blonde. Leech's next movie is an adaptation of the 1980s television show The Fall Guy with Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt. I find it really interesting that Leech is going to work with Gosling next. Both had action movies come out this year that have received mixed reviews. Gosling's The Gray Man was called by some a terrible movie. I strongly disagree. And Bullet Train has been criticized for its plot or lack thereof. I talked about this when I talked about The Gray Man. I think our standards for action movies have become way too high and I think some of the action movies that we think are a lot better than The Gray Man and Bullet Train just aren't. Bullet Train and The Gray Man give me exactly what I want from an action movie. Thrilling action with an all-star cast. That's all I'm looking for. I don't need the plot to be revolutionary. I don't need the movie to be life-changing. I just need to go into the movie and have a good time watching it. And for the most part, with both of those movies, that's exactly what I did. And I think both movies are better than 99.9% of Marvel movies that get better reviews. I understand that if you hold them against the standard of the greatest action movies of all time, The Gray Man and Bullet Train don't hold up, but if you rate them against the movies that are out today, I think these are two of the better action films that have been released recently. Maybe that says something sad about where we are as a society, but I think these movies are perfectly okay. I didn't have a problem with either one. I think some of the bad reviews about these two movies in particular has to do with the hype around them. We were talking about The Gray Man for so long, Ryan Gosling and the Russo brothers who had just made the biggest movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. We were so hyped for that movie and then they announced that all-star cast and maybe the movie is not perfect, but it's nowhere near bad. And the same with Bullet Train. Oh, David Leach is going to make an action movie with Brad Pitt with an all-star cast? I think these movies are far from perfect. I think they are flawed, but they are good times to watch. They are pleasant. They are watchable. They are very good, in my humble opinion. A lot of people seem upset about Bullet Train's use of A-listers appearing in cameo roles. I won't reveal who makes a cameo. I would just like to say on the matter that unless the cameo moves the plot forward, I don't care for it. I don't need a star to come on screen for a cheap laugh. And this isn't the first Leech movie with cameos. Both Deadpool 2 and Hobbs and Shaw had a lot of them. I think he needs to stop using these cameos. They are not memorable. And for some reason, cameos are becoming more and more of a thing in movies. We're seeing it in Marvel movies where big names come in for a scene and we're like, we may never see this character play this character again, but I'm okay with it when we really shouldn't be. And we saw it in the movie Free Guy. I really like the movie Free Guy. Not one of those cameos were 
worked whatsoever. My sense of the situation is these big studios think that the only way they can sell these movies to you is to get as many big names to be in it as humanly possible so that when these names are in it, you will go and watch these movies. I don't think that is the case. I don't think any of these cameos in Bullet Train are any part of the reason why people are going to watch this movie. They are going to watch this movie because it stars Brad Pitt. I think one movie star is enough. I think we've sold ourselves on this idea that you need 20 of the biggest movie stars in the world to be in a movie to sell a movie. I think one is enough. I think we all watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because of Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't think we needed 30 other major movie stars to be in that movie. They are trying to get you to believe that the movie star is dead and I don't think it is. Do you know why so many people are hyped for the movie Barbie? Not because they care about the character of Barbie whatsoever because it stars Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Yes, there are fewer and fewer movie stars around but when they are in movies they still get people to watch them at high rates. Leonardo DiCaprio is on that list. I think Margot Robbie is on that list. Brad Pitt is on that list. You don't need these A-list cameos to get you to sell their movies. It just doesn't do anything for the product whatsoever. With this movie, you could go even beyond the cameos and ask yourself, why is Zazie Betts and Sandra Bullock, two of the best actresses working today, in such minor roles? Like, I just don't get it. Why did that need to be Zazie Betts, and why did that need to be Sandra Bullock? I get it in the case of Zazie Betts, because she had worked with David Leach on Deadpool 2. It's probably cool to see her in that movie. It was fine. She was okay in the part. It was like one big scene with Zazie Betts. But with Sandra Bullock, that did not need to be Sandra Bullock, one of the biggest movie stars on planet Earth, who can sell her own movies. And what's even crazier about the part that Sandra Bullock is playing, she replaced Lady Gaga, who had to drop out of the movie to star in House of Gucci. Why that part had to be some big A-lister, I will never know. I do think that this is the future of movies. You're going to see less and less movies, but have more movies with a huge number of A-list casts, like you're seeing with Barbie and Oppenheimer, and like you already saw like a movie like Don't Look Up. You are going to continue to see movies filled with A-list movie stars, and you're going to be wondering, why is that A-list actor playing a bit part? Bullet Train also has Logan Lerman. I'm not saying Logan Lerman is a massive movie star. He's been in the Percy Jackson films. I liked him in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I also really liked him in that Brad Pitt movie, Fury. So he's reuniting with Pitt. But that did not have to be Logan Lerman, who is somewhat notable. Like, it's just a small nothing part. Why did Logan Lerman be in Bullet Train? I just don't get it. I don't get the state of movies and the use of A-listers in these small parts. Like, you're seeing it in Wes Anderson movies all the time. Elizabeth Moss was in The French Dispatch. Why was Elizabeth Moss in that movie? I just think if you're going to have a notable actor be in your movie, they should be playing a notable role in it. Overall, I really did enjoy the comedic tone of Bullet Train and really enjoyed the action sequences. This movie is a fun action film that's well acted. What more could you want from a movie with the title Bullet Train? Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and I highly 
recommend you go back and watch the work of actress Aubrey Plaza and check out the movie Bullet Train. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movies Elvis starring Austin Butler directed by Baz Luhrmann and the horror film The Black Phone directed by Scott Derrickson. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>